Welcome everyone to this Embraced by the Divine podcast. I'm Michelle Mayur, the compiling author of Embraced by the Divine, the Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose. And this book has already reached number one bestseller on Amazon in four categories across three countries. If you haven't already purchased this inspirational and empowering book for women, you can do so directly on Amazon or through the website at embracedbythedivine.com. Embraced by the Divine is all one word. So today it gives me special pleasure to be interviewing um, Anne Miner, who is the president of the Dunn Vegan Group. And Anne interviewed me recently on her program in Canada called La Femme Totale. And we just struck up that instant rapport, a feeling of a real connection. And that's one of the reasons that I invited her to be a guest on, on this show after I'd done my own interview with her. Um, she, she's coming from a very heart-centered place. She's a very inspiring business leader and she comes from that really beautiful heart space. So everything she's doing, she's doing with a passion from her heart. And that's one of the things that I find is so attractive about her and I find that that is the, absolutely the kind of woman that I want to have on uh, this show as a, a guest because it's all about inspiring and empowering women and drawing on the particular strengths that we have as women and that's the collaboration, the cooperation, the compassion and bringing that together with the more traditional kind of business skills to get something that's even bigger and better than we have originally. So just before I introduce Anne formally, I'd like to just go through what she wrote to me in a private email which I'm sure she won't mind sharing and this just really states, it sums up exactly where she's at, where she's coming from. So just to quote her word, she says, I have a passion for helping women to succeed in life. There are plenty of NGO type organizations, that's non-government organizations, helping women in underdeveloped countries, women in poverty, etc. Where I fit in is encouraging, inspiring and activating women to step into their own unique potential as leaders. We hold ourselves back with expectations of perfection, with self-doubt, with lack of skill building and this applies to women at all ages, not only who are entering the workforce but also to those who have been working for many years too. Uh, so just to introduce Anne a little bit more formally, Anne Miner, MBA, is an international speaker, best-selling author, executive coach and long-time business owner. Since 1987, Anne's trusted expertise on business excellence has made her a highly respected woman of influence. But it's her ability to use her deeply rooted values, unwavering determination and multitude of experiences that attracts many who seek her professional guidance. She has successfully empowered many to, as she puts it, go over, under, around or through the obstacles on any path and to be courageous in pursuing dreams. With more than 25 years leading her own company, the Dunvegan Group, Anne brings experience and perspective as well as innovative approaches to leadership. And her website is www.acaciainstitute.com. I'll spell Acacia for you. It's A-C-A-C-I-A 
and then continuing on is institute.com. So, without further ado, Anne, welcome to the call. It's a delight and a pleasure to have you on the call today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Michelle. I'm delighted to be with you today. Uh, it really is a pleasure. We just, you know, we, we it, it's often when you know you either a guest or a host on a, a an interview, you you know think, okay, well that was pretty good. But every so often you get that instant click of connection, and that's really how I felt with you. Just a real a real connection with you, and just to uh, continue that on the very top of your Acacia Institute website. You actually, I noticed you used the quote that I've just um, put on the back of a whole lot of bookmarks uh, for Embraced by the Divine that I'm going to be uh, handing out at a, uh, an expo next weekend. And you have the Dalai Lama's comment, the world will be saved by the Western woman. And I think that's the focus where we're both coming from. Not, you know, an ego kind of perspective, but really knowing that our fundamental needs for survival are generally taken care of in the Western world. That, you know, we have shelter, we have enough food, we have clothing and so on. We have some uh, level of income. And so we have our fundamental needs met. And now we can start working more on self-actualizing but not just for ourselves but for the benefit of people in general to really shift the the consciousness the vibration of of the world so I, I feel we're coming from the same place with that and and I'm always fascinated with the, the guests that I have on as to their background and what has made them particularly passionate about the work they do so would you like to share with us a little bit about your background and what has made you so passionate about inspiring women leaders or, or creating leaders of the future? I would love to. So as the eldest of six children, I was told as a child that I could do or be anything I put my mind to. And being a member of the baby boom generation, we really did think that was possible. And we thought the world was our oyster, if you like. And until I entered the workforce, I never was held back because I was a girl. It just was not relevant. But when I entered the workforce, I experienced a number of shocks. Probably the biggest shock was that there were not other women to serve as mentors or to provide guidance, that we were really breaking ground. And, you know, at my first, if I think about my first real job, the company that hired me told me that I was among an elite group of women. There were only four of us hired in all of Canada. Okay. And... I, they had a formal training program, which included, of course, um, how we were to dress and how we were to behave, and it was written for men. And so the expectations were a suit and tie, and uh, there wasn't any clarity around what does that mean for women. But my dad had given me a book, which was entitled the new executive woman and I took my I took my advice from there. My mum had been a stay at home 
uh, mum, of course, with six children, that was a full-time job in itself. And she wasn't really in a position to provide me with any guidance. So I showed up for work dressed in a skirt suit because, you know, that's what was advised. And a blouse that had ties, you know, that you could tie in a bow at your neck, sort of like the female equivalent. Now, this this particular job that I'd been hired to do was uh, one that involved, and I want to be careful that I don't say the name of the company, so just give me a second here while I think about how to describe. We we were charged with responsibility for figuring out um, trends in sales of products, and we did that by actually taking inventory in grocery stores every other month and drugstores and the months in between. So I showed up for work, not realizing that we would be working in the back of a grocery store. I, having never been in the back of a grocery store, I didn't really know what to expect. And I was part of a team of five, and so the, as the newbie, I was to go up the ladder. And you heard me say I had shown up in a skirt suit. Oh, yes. So, yes, so I I had a moment there of, yeah, what's the right thing to do here? So, anyway, up the ladder I went, and yes, indeed, they stood right below me so they could see up my skirt, and I said to them, have you boys not seen underpants before? Really? Anyway, carried on, and that was the last time I wore a skirt to that job. But these are the kinds of things that may seem, you know, really obvious today, but they're not so obvious even today. And however many years later that is, like 40 years later, we're still unclear on what is appropriate attire for women in the workplace. And what we do is we tell, we tell men what they must wear and we tell women what they may not wear. So we don't have a level playing field at all. And having gone along a bumpy path myself and stepped in a few, quite a few cow patties along the way, it <laughs> occurred to me that I had a responsibility to share what I had learned and provide a means for women coming after to accelerate, that they wouldn't have to learn the same lessons and that they could, in fact, uh, learn from the experience of others and get to a leadership position faster so that we can be full contributors in the proportion we are in the population. Because right now, in leadership, we're maybe 20%. And I think the figures are probably fairly similar in Australia as well. I was reading something recently about the different styles of uh, male and female leaders, um, say, for instance, in boardroom meetings, where the women have to almost still apologetically offer, you know, maybe this could possibly be a good idea, whereas the men can, you know, just say it outright. You know, the women are are still sort of shrinking in the background like the the second-class citizen because that's the only way that they're getting the the messages across. And that is just so wrong, you know, because the, the, 
women are, are well educated and we don't have to apologize for the fact that we can be assertive and take leadership roles. Well, that's a, that's a really important point, Michelle. In fact, women are graduating from university at a higher proportion than men are. They're more than half of the university degrees that, at all levels, like undergrad, master's level, and PhD, in all disciplines with the exception of what we call STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. And even there, they're making some good progress. But by the time women have been in the workforce for about three years, you see that they're already compromised in advancing. Their enthusiasm has been thoroughly dampened. They have learned that by being direct and assertive that they are, they are branded as aggressive and the B word gets applied. And you know the word I mean. That's oh, absolutely. Re- when a woman is assertive, she's generally described with the B word. Right. So we need to think of that as, boys, I'm taking charge here, as opposed to being something unpleasant. But in any case, this is what women are still experiencing in the 21st century. And you're quite right. In the boardroom, they are apologetic. Men can throw out any kind, any number of poorly thought out ideas, and if they feel inclined to excuse them, they just say something like uh, sports scholarship or you know phys, phys ed degree, <laughs> which <laughs> excuses them from being brilliant and brings a laugh to the room. But can you imagine if I stood at the front of the room and, you know, presented kind of a poorly thought out idea and then tried to excuse it because I had a sports scholarship? It just doesn't wash. So what we what we really need to be able to do is make a change that will benefit both men and women. Women being very much focused on merit, wanting to be able to say that they've received recognition or advancement because they had proven skills and abilities and that they would compete on that same level playing field. Today, what we know about uh, the, the approach that men and women take to risk is that we think differently. Just take an example of uh, two candidates, one male, one female, identical educational background, identical set of, uh, of work experience, and they're confronted with a job posting. And the job posting has uh, 10 criteria. Well, The young man looks at it, he checks off six of the ten and says, I can do that job, whatever I don't know, I'll learn it on the job. But the female candidate might even be able to check off nine of the ten criteria and still she will not apply because she doesn't have all of the qualifications. She will hold herself to a much higher standard 
than her colleague who has been able to say with confidence that he has six of the, and it doesn't even have to be most of them. You know, it's a very interesting dichotomy, isn't it? It is. And, and so it seems that we are driven as a gender to what might be called perfection, but is founded in this idea of merit. So from a female perspective, if you've said these are the criteria, then we will expect that we have to fulfill those criteria, that that's actually the real, the real parameters. It's very literal, isn't it, in the interpretation of what the skill set that's needed? It's absolutely very literal. And if you think about women returning to the workforce from having raised their family and the thought process about what, could, what kind of work could I do and, and holding themselves you know, almost hostage because they don't have experience or a specific, a specific set of skills when they think about what the business world looks like. And yet, as a homemaker, they are a chief operating officer. They manage <laughs> and money. And multitasker extraordinaire usually too. Exactly. They, they, so they have fiscal responsibility. They have a budget. They have a household to run. They have, uh, they're, they have to keep smoothly operating from one task to another. They have to make sure that the laundry gets done and returned to where it will be needed by those people that need to put the clothing back on themselves. They have team building skills. They have problem solving skills. You know, they, they have time management skills, better time management skills than many people I've worked with. And yet they struggle to translate that into a set of qualifications that they can take into the business world. Because they haven't um, been paid for it, a lot of that kind of domestic homemaker work, it's really not valued out there in the you know, predominantly masculine business world. So, yeah, it's a shame because women do have to develop these skills, you know, especially mothers who have to multitask, who have to combine a whole lot of different skills together and you know, by, by one method or another usually manage to do that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So my, my view is that women as a gender have a lot of um, self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs. And they may also lack some skills. Those skills can be taught. Most importantly, I think, they lack courage. So courage is the thing that will make you take a risk, will make you step into a role that you maybe have some apprehension about. Without some apprehension or fear, we don't actually need courage. So that, that would be the one thing that I really want to instill in other women is to be brave Take the risk. What's the worst that can happen? If the worst thing that can happen is that someone says no to you, well, that's a gift. Because now you know that one of two things has happened. Either the time is not right, or you haven't persuaded them to say yes. 
It's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. You know, I just want to uh, go on to some of the things that you offer through the Acacia Institute because one of the things that really impresses me is the the leadership programs that you offer in the different tiers and the focus on um, self-esteem and uh, self-leadership and mindset and so on. So these are things which are vitally important in a leader and yet so often underrated. Um, So would you like to tell us a little bit more about the the kinds of programs that you offer at the Acacia Institute and you know we, who who you're targeting with which particular program because I know that you have it from the sort of basic aspiring leaders program right through to a very advanced program. Mm-hmm. So there are three levels and as you mentioned the aspiring leaders are is our first level and any woman can enroll in this program. The program itself is divided into four pillars, communication, personal power, business fundamentals, and leadership. And all all three levels, aspiring, emerging, and advancing, have a focus on those four legs, pillars, um, or streams, if you like. In the aspiring leaders level, we're providing communication strategies, we're bolstering people's business writing skills, providing them with etiquette guidelines, helping them to set goals and manage their time, and build their own self-esteem. And then we equip them with some business fundamentals. They don't need to be a finance person, but they do need to understand how business operates and what happens to the money. So we have project management, research, and basic accounting skills that will help a woman understand how the money moves through a business because we know that senior leaders will all have some P&L responsibility, P&L being profit and loss, whether it's for a department or a division of a company. So you really need to understand how that all works. And then in the aspiring leaders, we're teaching women about self-leadership. So we have a program on respect, respect for yourself and respect for your coworkers in the workplace, specifically on self-leadership and then on ethics. Now when we look to the next the next level, which is the emerging leaders level, then we build on those competencies that have been developed at the aspiring level. So we get into advanced writing skills and conflict resolution and public speaking and personal branding and entrepreneurship as opposed to entrepreneurship, managing pressure and leading teams and coaching and mentoring and then dealing with diversity as well as having these emerging leaders who are farther along on the leadership continuum, they will have had the opportunity to supervise or manage at least one other person. And they'll be involved in doing a business case as a team. Now, I should mention that both aspiring and emerging leaders programs are delivered through e-learning, through a combination of self-paced online programming and live webinars and discussions with the instructor and their and their colleagues. 
the emerging leaders does have a face-to-face component that will be the presentation of the business case, but for the rest of the modules, there's no travel required. And then, so that's great. So that, that means that anyone anywhere around the world can actually do that, doesn't it, with uh, the focus on e-learning? Absolutely. Now, when it Could comes, I just ask a, a question here yeah. too. Um, the, especially the aspiring leaders level, uh, I have a lot of people in my community in my network who are small business people, often a lot of coaches, therapists, healing practitioners, and so on, who may be at that point of wanting to step their work up a bit more, maybe um, you know hire some some staff to do some of the work for them. So do you feel that the Aspiring Leaders course, for instance, is a good match with the skill set that's being taught here for people in small business, not necessarily, you know, and massive corporate structure, but just with maybe, you know, one, two, three staff below them, even part-timers? Right. So, yes, and we have a self-assessment on our website that will help women to decide where they're at you know, which of the three levels is best fitting for them. So I would encourage women who are thinking about this to complete that self-assessment and see which level will be most suitable for them. And the advancing leaders, just to close off on the three uh, levels, the advancing leaders is for women who have already reached a leadership position, whether they're at a director or a vice president or even into the C-suite level in an organization. And it's a five-day intensive immersion where we practice our public speaking skills and we deal with uh, great, you know, greater intensity in terms of how we're going to lead and operate an organization. So there's the, those are the three levels. And... Of course, as you know, our focus is on women. We are into our first module, our first module, our first program or cohort for the Aspiring Leaders level, which we launched in January of 2016. And the second intake will be in April of 2016. That's specifically for the Aspiring Leaders program. And I wanted to to talk to you about the the offer that we have for your listeners. But before I do that, did you have any other questions for me, Michelle? Uh, yeah, I was going to suggest that now was a very good sort of flow into the the special offer for for listeners. But perhaps just before we do that, could you tell people a little bit more about your radio show too, so that they know where to to find you and uh, what kind of guests you have on your show. And also I believe you have um, or have had a Women of Courage television show. So if you'd like to just talk a little bit about those and then we'll hop right in and, and let people know about this really special offer. Um, in fact, it's a scholarship to one of your programs at the Acacia Institute. So would you like to tell us a little bit more about your radio show because it's such a great radio show. I'd love listeners to, to hear about it too so they can connect with you as well. Of course. So La Femme Total on Air it actually uh, is broadcast on Pegasus Netwaves. That's Pegasus like the winged horse, P-E-G-A-S-U-S, net, N-E-T, waves as in airwaves, so W-A-V-E-S dot com. 
PegasusNetWaves.com. And it's broadcast at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time every Thursday. And on La Femme Totale, I interview women from all ages and stages and a broad spectrum of backgrounds and work life and making contributions and enjoying their lives. And they share their stories. And their stories are inspirational, encouraging, sometimes really entertaining. But they're really intended to help women all over the world to learn about different aspects of life and to be left inspired to move forward. And so, of course, with you as a guest, we had a lovely conversation. And that's really what these, what these interviews are, it's a conversation, 30 minutes. And you can listen to the former episodes on my own website, which is anneminer.com. That's A-N-N-E-M-I-N-E-R.com under the La Femme Total tab. And there are about 50 episodes there now. And every one of them is interesting and insightful. So that's what my radio show is about. My television show, which ran for two consecutive seasons on Rogers Community TV, which is our local television, was called Women of Courage. And there I interviewed women who'd had a significant setback in life, whether in their business, in their family, with their health, or some other area of their life, and had risen to overcome that challenge and succeed in spite of everything. And that aligned very well with the the launch of a book that I co-authored entitled Succeeding in Spite of Everything, which is a compilation of short stories by women entrepreneurs who have faced significant setbacks and risen to overcome those challenges. Now, I... I it sounds very much like there is a, a book in that if you've got all the archives of the the TV show because it's a very similar theme to, to my own book which is Embraced by the Divine. So it seems like there's a, definitely a potential book happening for, for women of courage because there's, there's this real feeling of so many women now being called and feeling that call to step it up and to come out in the world and to to shine their light brightly. So these books such as uh, Embraced by the Divine and your one that's coming soon called Women of Courage, hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, yes. they're, they're so needed at this time as that inspiration that no matter where we start off in life, there's always the chance to, to turn it around, to make good, to grow from the experience and and so on and so forth. And that's also, you know, very much the theme of uh, La Femme Totale as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they all converge. They all converge with, you know, this ongoing effort to raise all women up. It's like, a, you know, a rising tide will raise all ships and we all can give a hand up as opposed to a hand out to our sisters and our daughters and our mothers and our cousins and our friends and our coworkers all around because we have a contribution to make and it's our it's our time 
Absolutely. And so many of us are feeling that call. We sort of like, you know, the the first or second wave of these women who are coming through as way showers now helping as you say to lift up those people who are coming behind us and they in turn will lift up other women and so on and so forth so that we can be part and we are being part of the collective shift of consciousness mm-hmm. absolutely and so as you mentioned in your in- introduction there are organizations that are working in impoverished countries and developing countries to ensure that women have sufficient clean water and and health care services and enough food and the opportunity to send their children to school. And as, as they are developing, it will become even more important that we have women to lead them, women to be role models and to show them the way to step into their full capacity within the population as a citizen, as a citizen contributing to the advancement of women and their families all over the world. Absolutely. Now, Anne, I know that you have a really, really wonderful offer for for listeners. It's a scholarship to one of your programs, and it's really, really valuable. So anyone who... Uh, is feeling that real soul calling now to step it up, to play a bigger game, to be a a female leader making a a really massive contribution or even, you know, a medium-sized contribution. Uh, And can you tell people about what your scholarship actually involves and how people can apply to get it? Absolutely. So what we have is the opportunity to win a full scholarship to the Aspiring Leaders Program, which starts on April the 4th, 2016. Now, this program is designed for any woman who wants to improve her leadership skills. It's delivered through e-learning with a high degree of interaction with participants and instructors and your colleagues through the Acacia Forum. There are 12 modules, and you're allowed three weeks to complete each module. So you can work at your own pace within that three-week time frame, and the whole program will extend over 36 weeks. So it will take um, 36 weeks right through until December of 2016 to achieve the complete qualifications as an aspiring leader. Now the value of this program is 1695 US, so $1,695 US. And you can be the recipient of a full scholarship by entering to win it. And the entry to win needs to be a 750 word essay. Could be less, but not more than 750 words that answers the following three questions. One, why you want to learn to be an exceptional leader. Two, how you will apply your learning. And three, what impact you believe improving your leadership skills will have on your life and the lives of those around you. So let me repeat those. Question one, why you want to learn to be an exceptional leader, number two, how you will apply your learning, 
And number three, what impact you believe improving your leadership skills will have on your life and the lives of those around you. Send me your essay before midnight on Friday, March the 4th. We will select the winner from all the entries on March the 7th and inform the winner by March the 8th. That's a pretty quick turnaround, and I will be watching for your entries, and let me give you my email address, Anne, A-N-N-E, dot, minor, M-I-N-E-R, at acaciainstitute.com, and that's A-C-A-C-I-A-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E dot com. Anne Miner at acaciainstitute.com, and I will look forward to seeing those essays and making an award to one of you as a winner. That's really exciting, and something that I I know from you know my own um, self development work and so on that just the mere act of putting together the essay and focusing in on those three points, the the why you want to be an exceptional leader, the how you apply your learning and what impact you believe improving your leadership skills will have on your life and the lives of those around you. Just by getting clear and focused on that, it whether or not you are the one who wins the scholarship, it will start the ball rolling and begin to open doors for you where you are sending out a really clear message of your intention to the universe it it sets the energy in motion it becomes a vibrational match for that which you're seeking so it's a very very powerful exercise to do and of course i hope that that you you know it would be lovely if everybody could win a scholarship Um, maybe not financially good for Anne, but it would be lovely (laughs) if everyone could win a scholarship but just for everybody who goes through this process it's a very very powerful process i can't overemphasize that enough so do do go ahead if you're feeling that call to be a leader in whatever capacity if it's a leader um, amongst people doing humanitarian work or a leader amongst healers or coaches or teachers or uh, you know in the corporate sector it doesn't matter where you are feeling that call to be a leader if you're feeling that call this is really a golden opportunity to have a, a kickstart and cover so many uh, areas in depth that will propel you forward exponentially in becoming that leader which you are seeking to be. So I think that probably brings us to the end of today's call and it's been very, very uh, insightful, interesting and I'm sure there have been a lot of women on the call who've had a number of aha moments about the way women have traditionally been treated in the workforce, in especially in senior levels, um, why men tend to get ahead perhaps more than women and it's not you know, the fault of the women, it can be different ways that we look at things and how we now can take action to really begin to be empowered and to step into these leadership roles that are so... Uh, 
so desperately needed at this time bringing much more compassion and love and cooperation and collaboration the the strengths that we have as women bringing these more and more into the workplace to bring a, a feeling of much more job satisfaction not only amongst women but with everyone in the workplace where we treat each other with greater respect and treating each other with that with that, I suppose love is sounds a bit woo-woo in this context, but definitely treating each other with a, a great deal of respect rather than, you know, senior management, for instance, basically just ordering the ones lower down the the, the rungs of the ladder around without giving them that compassion as, as human beings that have needs and wants and, and, you know, really working with people to bring out their their individual strengths and fostering that so you can get the best out of those people that you you work with and that you're leading. So thank you very much for today's call. Uh, it's been wonderful having you on as a guest, Anne, and I look forward to communicating with you again very soon. Um, Anne's website again, the Acacia Institute one, is the www.acacia, it's A-C-A-C-I-A institute.com. And her personal email for uh, submitting your entry is anne.miner, M-I-N-E-R, that's Anne with an E on it as well, at acaciainstitute.com. So do you have any parting comments or anything, Anne, that you would like to add before we wrap this up? I wish you and all of your listeners endless success. That's a beautiful parting thought, and I'm, I'm, I echo that as well. So thank you very much for appearing on today's show and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And we invite you to join us, well I invite you to join me again for my next Embraced by the Divine podcast uh, channel uh, very, very soon or podcast episode. And in the meantime you can check out the other episodes on the iTunes Embraced by the Divine podcast channel as well as having a look at the embracedbythedivine.com website where you can find out more details, information and how to order uh, the book Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose. So thank you everyone for today. Bye for now.